We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski. And this is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. <laughs> it's always picturesque, Matt. <laughs> always. Always. <laughs> you, you know, maybe maybe for variety's sake you should come up with another <laughs> I'll see what I can another do. description, another adjective. <laughs> But it is, honestly, we were actually driving through your neighborhood, going to Ted Drew's of all things, and it is very, very picturesque around your church. So. I've got, so the view outside my, I'm recording this at a, my in my office at church, yeah, in my yeah. pastor's study here, and there's a view of Francis Park right across the street, John, it you is. can't beat it. it which, it's, it's a, it's a blessing ahead. and a curse, because it's a beautiful view, <laughs> but then, you know, you see all these people outside running and jogging and... <laughs> frolicking and playing on the tennis courts and it's like oh boy that that looks like fun <laughs> yeah and you're stuck inside recording with me every i know i record <laughs> wrestled the basics with john lecomsky no no this is great oh i wouldn't want to be anywhere else john oh well thank uh, you man so uh no no it's, <laughs> well maybe maybe once covid gets over you and i can record on the tennis courts there you there go live from the francis <laughs> park tennis courts <laughs> So, so, so Matt, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I started a new new game, which we called "What's What's the uh, uh, <laughs> I don't even, I don't remember what the name of the game was. What's the context? The, yes. That's the name of the game. <laughs> so you got me thinking about playing tennis and being outside in the park. See, it's distracting, That's, isn't it, John? See, I'm well, telling you. <laughs> yeah. See, you're you're complaining, you're, but I'm is distracting. I, I, I'm stuck up here in, in my upstairs office, this little cubby hole, which isn't much better than the janitor's closet we used at the radio station <laughs> so um well, well anyway so what's what's the uh, uh context and, and i just want to repeat one and I, this will drive my wife crazy because she hates repetition but it just so impressed me because i was in the ministry for 40 years and i never knew this you know the great passage where, where god says to abraham uh, i will surely bless you and i will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand is on the seashore yes uh, and in your offspring shall all the nations be blessed. That, that I mean, he made the promise about the, the many, many descendants. But it's in this verse, he says, in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Uh, and what's the context of that? Do you remember, Matt? Yeah, that was the sacrifice of Isaac, right? Yeah. The, the Lord yeah. commanded Abraham. And, and see, that just impressed me because that's got to be one of the craziest stories in the Bible. What kind of God, what would you think if God said, I want you to go out and sacrifice Noah? <laughs> I, know. I know, shocked, and what kind of God is this? And uh, yeah, I can't imagine. 
But when you read the text, God explains what he's doing. He's trying to remind us that sin is no minor deal. It's not like God just shrugs his shoulders and says, oh, I don't care. No, sin is going to require a sacrifice and not some goat or bull or ox. That ain't going to get the job done. No, it has to be a really, truly great sacrifice. In fact, like sacrificing your own son. But of course, the whole point is that's not what God is asking us to do. Uh, don't don't you dare <laughs> yeah. sacrifice your son Noah, because no God has declared you shall not murder, but God has pointed out He's going to make that sacrifice. In fact, you know Paul takes that promise, and this is what Paul says. Uh, now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say and to offsprings, referring to many. It's not the plural; it isn't. It's the singular, but referring to one and to your offspring who is Christ. And so Paul understood that. But I wonder if before Christ, if Paul did understand that story. I bet he just scratched his head as a, a good, uh, studious Jew. I don't. What does this mean? Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, John, that yeah, apart from Christ, that story is still terrifying, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, what's is. going on here with Abraham sacrificing Isaac? And, and yet when we read it in light of all that Christ did for us and his passion that we just recognize uh, during Holy Week, it all begins to make sense. Even the location, Mount Moriah, uh, that location of Jerusalem yeah. and and where Jesus would make that ultimate sacrifice for us and not just a son being sacrificed, but the son, the son of God being sacrificed, God and man, uh, like you said, for all people, for all nations. And, and see, now, I didn't even catch that connection. I didn't think about the fact this is the temple site. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, this yeah. Is where... So this is, this okay. is it. So geographically, wow. you know, wow. oh, my goodness, how everything just comes together. And, you know, how could you not see the fulfillment that's in Jesus Christ? Oh, boy. And that, of course, is the beautiful message you shared with us last week, that it's the scriptures, according to the scriptures, that's what it's all about. And we've got the scriptures, and therefore, no matter what's happening, even if it would seem like God is asking us to do something incredibly wrong, no, no, in the end, uh, the scriptures will be fulfilled and we'll see the truth. Now, I want to I, I want to go to the, another passage then, which which actually relates to what we're talking about. A passage that explains why Jesus is doing what he's doing, why he's suffering and dying on the cross and ultimately rising from the grave. But I want to ask you, what's the context of this? Because I think the context makes this passage all the richer. But let's start with the passage. It's the classic. Everybody knows it. Uh, verse 45 of Mark chapter 10. Yeah. Uh, there Jesus says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So so there's the explanation. What's what's Christ dying on the cross? Well, he, he says that he's given his life as a ransom. Uh, and I love the phrase there for many, because that means it includes you and it includes me and it includes everybody who's listening to us. It's not just a select few, but no, it's intended to be for many. In fact, uh, elsewhere, Jesus says that uh, for the whole world, God loved the whole world. But now, Matt, What's the context of this beautiful, beautiful promise that I'm giving my life as a ransom for many, Jesus says? So it's in pretty stark contrast to what James and John request of Jesus right before that. And what do they request? So they're requesting, I mean, 
Jesus is talking about being a servant here and serving, and their request is just the opposite. Theirs is they're seeking honor, a, a place in glory <laughs> at Jesus' right hand and his left hand. So, so we have James and John, the sons of thunder, as Jesus calls them, at their worst. <laughs> yeah. At their incredibly worst, self-focused, only concerned about their blessings and their glory. And yet, this is where Jesus makes the great promise about he's come to give his life as a ransom. Uh, he's not interested in what they're interested in. He's not concerned about people serving him at his right and his left, but he is concerned about serving others. And if that doesn't prove what Paul says, that while we were at sinners, Christ died for us. See, that's what I, because you might assume, well, Christ would die for a righteous man. I could see that. But of course, the beauty of the whole story we've been talking about these last few weeks is that he died for sinners, and that includes you and me. Let's look at that story in a little more detail, if, if we could, Matt. Uh, do you know uh, the, the relationship uh, between James and John and Peter and Andrew? Uh, we've got we've got two sets of brothers there. Uh, do, you, do you know what these guys used to do for a living? So they're all fishermen. Yep. Uh, in fact, they were partners in one gospel. It says they actually partnered together. And, and what do you know about when you get a bunch of fishermen together? <laughs> <laughs> they tell fish stories, right? <laughs> yeah. The and they're one. always the one that got uh, away. Yeah. Exactly, and they're always trying to one up the other, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got you got it. You got a five pounder. Oh, I caught a ten pounder. Oh, you got twenty fish. I caught fifty fish. Uh, and and pretty much, if you look at the background of this story, that that's what's going on. There's this com competition between. Uh, uh, of Peter and and uh, James and John and Andrew, um, and in fact, here's here's what I think is going on in this text. Uh, it it looks like if anybody's going to be the right hand man, it's probably going to be Peter, right? Yeah. Um, you, you remember what Jesus said to Peter that would give you the impression that he's going to be the chosen leader. Yeah, so after uh, after Peter's confession of faith, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus says, uh, it calls him Peter, and on this uh, rock I'll build my church. So uh, that's <laughs> pretty high praise, at least for his confession yeah. of faith. So it seems like he's he's won the competition. If if we've got a race going on here to see who's going to be the next the next big guy, uh, but of course, if, if you read through Mark, something terrible has happened to Peter. He's kind of been knocked off his pedestal. Do you you remember that story? Because you probably had that in your readings, didn't you? During Lent, I think, Matt, about uh, uh, Jesus uh, saying, "I'm going to suffer and die." And, oh yeah, and, and then Peter, yeah, yeah, yep. you know, Peter, yeah. I mean, uh, again, the disciples messed up, and Peter, yeah, surely not, Lord. Uh, this won't happen to you. And uh, you know, <laughs> Jesus even says, "Get behind me, Satan!" Right? Uh, because Peter's trying to get in the way of his plan to go to the cross. And so if you're if you know if you're if you're James and John you're thinking this is our chance, right? <laughs> we we need to step up here while while that Peter and Jesus are kind of on the outs. Well, get behind me Satan. <laughs> and and I think that's what's going on here. Uh, they, they see this as their opportunity now. So hey Jesus, what are, well we know you and Peter are on the outs, but what about us? Can we sit on your right and your left when you come in your glory as you pointed out, Matt? They have no idea what they're asking for, Jesus says, but yeah, when you come in your in fact, you know, I love I love the detail of Matthew to show you what a bunch of weasels these guys are. They don't even ask Jesus themselves. They have their mom ask him. <laughs> I know. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you can't get any more weasley than that than have your mom <laughs> your ask mom. him. 
<laughs> but but what I want you to do is I want you to read what Jesus says in verse 36. Because again, man, you made such a great point last week. The scriptures must be fulfilled according to the scriptures. So here's what Jesus says in verse 36. Can you okay. read that, Matt? So they make that request, right? Uh, and, uh, and then verse 36, Jesus says uh, to them, what do you want me to do for you? Matt, you know, a, a few weeks ago, you, you were talking about uh, the Father's house, right? Yes. Uh, and it gave us just this beautiful message about why we— we we, get, we can go back to church now. COVID has started to pull back. Well, we hope and pray it is at this point. We record these things weeks in advance. Uh, and and you, were, you were encouraging people, come, come to church. Uh, and let me tell you, here's one reason why you should go to church. Because when you go to church, this is what Jesus is asking you. He's asking you, what do you want me to do for you? I, I don't know if people realize that. When you walk in the church, Jesus is standing there, and he literally is asking you, what do you want me to do for you? And I don't know that you can be sure he asks that anywhere else. Uh, I'm sure he probably does. <laughs> but but I know for sure he's asking that question because he's present, and that's what he, Jesus asks. What do you want me to do for you? Now, here's the problem, Because <laughs> James... And John are going to ask for all the wrong things. And, yes. and I'm sorry that, that we probably do the same. Now, now, I'm going to put you on the spot. If Jesus were to ask you right now, what do you want me to do for you, Matt? What, what, are, this, what are some of the things you'd ask Jesus to do for you? Well, I, should I give the pious answer, John, or the honest well, answer? No, no, give me the honest answer. We're <laughs> no, looking for okay. the honest answer. No, here. yeah, I mean, I, I think of, I think of uh, well, you know, honestly, I will be honest. You know, I think of, I often think of Solomon, you know, too. I yeah. think that, you know, God, that similar ask, uh, request, well, what, what, yes, what you want? What do you want me to do? And, uh, but I really do. I think of uh, Solomon and his response that, Boy, these people that that your people that I've been called to lead, Lord, uh, I, give me wisdom to, to help me to do it. So, I mean, I think wisdom would be uh, there on the list. Uh, God, give me wisdom and understanding uh, heart, a listening heart to, to your word. And, and 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 see, that was a good request. Now, now we've got some family issues going on for us. I, I've got a son and a daughter that both have the inherited disease that that my wife had, my first yeah. wife. And so I would certainly say, Lord, if you could have a cure for that, that, that would be great. I, I would love that. Um, we've got a son-in-law who's a pastor, and he's, he's without a church right now. And that's a hard thing for a guy who's trained to be a pastor, not having a congregation. So we we pray, yeah, Lord, by Christmas, we say, we know it's your will, not our will, but by Christmas, if he could have a calling suitable to his training. Uh, and, and so again, those kind of things, wisdom are good. Although, you know, can I make a comment about Solomon? Yeah. Because Lynn and I just got through reading this and yeah, I good. realized that was a good prayer and, and God answered that prayer, didn't he? Yes. But, but I'm thinking... Yeah, Solomon, still, that wasn't the best prayer either, because Solomon ends up getting in all kinds of trouble because he's so wise and so smart. At least he thinks he's so wise and so smart. I I think Solomon would have been better off if he said, Lord, give me faith. Let me be faithful to you in all I do. I think that's probably the better prayer. But you see, that's the thing. We've got a father who isn't going to say, oh, well, I'm not going to give No, if you want wisdom, that's a good thing. I'll give you wisdom. But I hope at some point you realize you need something more than wisdom. 
I hope you realize at some point, John, you need more than just that your children would be healed because they're still going to get sick and die just as you are. You, you know what I'm saying? So we got a father who answers our prayers, but he he's always pushing us to have something more. Um, so, so let's talk about the prayer. What, what do you see in the problem with the prayers of these guys who said, grant us to sit on your right and your left in your glory? What, what's the problem with that prayer that we might have too, Matt? Well, probably multifaceted. I mean, yes, it they is. Are, it is. They are out for glory. They are, uh, they are in this for, uh, <laughs> praise and glory rather than following Christ to, to take up the cross and follow him. Uh, and I think the other big problem is. But wait, let's just stop at yeah, that. Let's sure. take them because because I agree with you completely, and that that is the problem. So it's all right for me to pray for my kids' healings, but but it's not all right for me to say I don't want any crosses in my life, because Jesus has been very blunt, hasn't he? Yeah, you said it right there. What has he told us to do? Take up your cross and follow me. Yeah, yeah, you hit it right on the head there, Matt. So, so okay, it's all right to pray for these good things. I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for them. But if you mean by that, I don't want any struggles or trials. No, Jesus already said, that ain't how it's going to be. In this world, you will have trouble. Of course, as, as, as you alluded to last week, he's also said, I've overcome the world. And if you don't believe me, the tomb is empty, according to the scriptures. All right, so number one, yeah. that's our problem. We're, we're looking for glory, and, and Christ has already told us, no, there's going to be crosses and trials. All right, what, what, uh, what other problem is there? Yeah, the other thing is it's so selfish, that request. Yeah. Um, they're looking out for just themselves. And, and again, to go back to Solomon, I mean, in his request, too, he talks about he doesn't want it, wisdom for himself, for the sake of no. himself, he wants wisdom for the sake of those people that God has called him to serve and lead um, in his vocation. So, but but here, John and James, I mean, they they just wanted the glory for themselves. We give us to, to sit at your right hand or your left. So so different and, and even more different from Jesus, because you know, Jesus just the opposite. Everything he's doing in his earthly ministry isn't for himself, but it's it's for us to serve. So, so, and again, I agree, man, great minds think alike. Well, wait a second. You and I think alike too. I know, that's well, it. all right. So it works on different levels, doesn't it? <laughs> Not just great minds, but, uh, um, so you're right. We want to sit on your right and your left to the exclusion of James <laughs> and, and Peter. Uh, I mean, James and John, and Andrew, uh, yeah. Andrew and Peter, yeah, and all the rest of the disciples. And by the way, we know that's what they meant because the text goes on to say that the other disciples were indignant when they heard this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is to simply say they wanted to be on the right and the left too. You know, it was oh yeah, that's fine. The, James and John, they can no, no, no. We we all all right. So it's it's very 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 selfish. Now, if you could read, uh, read read what Jesus has to say in verse uh, forty two and forty three. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jesus says, uh, "You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them." And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. So, so here's why we need the crosses. Because we are here not for glory. We are here for service. And it is in the crosses that we have an opportunity to serve. Now, our problem is, Matt, we think that the crosses are the things that are going to gain us salvation. See, now we're back 
to Abraham and sacrificing his son. See, we think, oh yeah, that's what we got to do. We got to make these sacrifices so God will love us, so we can have eternity, we can have heaven. And 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 Jesus establishes in this text, nope, no, I don't need any sacrifice like that because I'm given the sacrifice. I'm the one that makes the ransom. And it's a one-time sacrifice, the author of Hebrews tells us. It doesn't need to be repeated, all right? So as far as God loving you and forgiving you in eternity, as you established earlier, no, this has all been done by Christ. But it doesn't mean there won't be crosses because there's people that need our love and our care. Uh, and, and so, no, we don't need the glory. We need the opportunity to love and care. That's why I have two children that are struggling so that I could love and care for them. That's why I have a son-in-law so I can be there to pray and, and support him. Yeah, so the crosses are not oddities. They're not something going wrong. That They're actually the opportunities God gives us not to be selfish, but but to love and to care. Okay, now I, I thought of one. I, I, I thought of one third thing that's a problem here in the request, and I didn't actually think of it until I, I gave this as a sermon. Obviously, if people haven't caught on, uh, and I didn't really think about it until I was almost done with the sermon. But I, I, is there anything else you can see that's a problem with this request? Um, well, I mean, boy. Uh... I think they're playing God for one yep, is another yep, one, yep. you know, because even Jesus says, you know, in his answer, uh, uh, to sit in my right and my uh, left is not me to grant, right? You know, so I, I think, boy, um, they're just so bold and brazen to make this request. And I don't think they fully even understand the significance of this request either, but, but they're looking for that glory and they're looking to even play God here uh, in making the request. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Matt, I, I really like the way you, you phrase that, because then if we're playing God, then we're the ones that are responsible for what happens, right? Yeah. And so that's why we should be on your right and left, because honestly, are we not better than that stupid Peter who's, who's telling you you shouldn't be crucified? Although, of course, it's exactly what they're saying too, isn't it, Matt? Uh, in fact, it tickles me, again, in the context what happens immediately before this is Jesus saying, I'm going to suffer and die and rise again. And essentially, James and John are saying, no, no, you don't need to do that. Peter's right about that. We just want to jump to the glory. Yeah. Let's forget about uh, it. The, the, the suffering that you're going to enjoy too, Jesus says. Yeah, you're right. You're going to get this, this baptism, this cup of suffering. Um, so so I, and I, I thank you for bringing us to that passage where Jesus says, uh, it's for those to whom it has been granted for whom it has been prepared. Uh, the English has the word grant there, but it's the simple Greek word for gift, to give someone something. And the word prepared there is a neat word too, because it's in the passive. And when we say something's in the passive, we mean something that is done for you, not by you. And I think that's probably the fundamental error. They really thought they deserve these positions. And let me tell you, none of us, get positions of glory because we earned it or deserved it. It's always a gift. It's always something that God has prepared for us, again, passively, not because we, we work for it. No, no, he just prepared it for us. And Madam, I'm going to ask you one last question, not to put you on the spot. But when I heard the word prepared, can you guess what Bible passage immediately came into my mind? It's not from Mark. It's from the Gospel of John. Uh, 
That's asking a lot of you. Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in the Bible. Oh, I better read your that. mind, John. Yeah, yeah uh. can you read? Well, well, should I just? Yeah, what, what did you come up with? Well, where, where Jesus said, you know, I'm going away. I'm going away. Oh, says, yeah. Yeah. John 14. Yeah. Yeah, John 14. Thanks. Yeah. See, I didn't even remember what was that. I just knew yeah. it was in there. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Yeah. In my yeah. Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Uh, and, and see, so that's the thing, people. You go to church, and Jesus is asking you, what do you want? What do you want? What can I give you? And you tell him your heart's desire. You tell him. But, be, but beware of being selfish. Beware of thinking only about glory. Uh, beware of the fact that he's going to answer you with crosses because that's what we're here for. It's to love and to care for people. And then rejoice in the fact he's going to give you everything. The kingdom here and blessings here, the kingdom eternally, uh, because not of any sacrifice you and I have made, but because, as he said, because he came to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, thank you for letting me share that with you and with our listeners, Matt. Um, any quick final comment, or I guess really we're done. Uh, this has been <laughs> Wrestling, wrestling with, the basics. with the Basics. <laughs>